are going to call now I'm working out the I'm working this out here so help me you know craft this but I'm thinking that we will call this the enemy slime podcast episode number 86 what do you guys no, think? that's a stupid name yeah that's dumb okay uh, podcast of dreams podcast of dreams <laughs> that's all right I'm writing these down podcast of dreams okay uh, that was that was Doug Wilson. My name is Jared, and uh, Michael Mahoney. It's your turn to suggest the name for our podcast. Enemy Gear Solid Part Sexplosion. Okay, I'm writing that down. I think I got all those words. Ooh. Enemy Gear Solid Heart Sex Explosion. Uh, part Sex Explosion. No, oh. Sex Sexplosion. One word. Oh well, I messed it up. All right, forget it. And Jay, your right, suggestion. Well, good night, everybody. Your suggestion for podcast name. The Passion of the Vault House. Ooh, that's pretty... Ooh. That's a name, if right. I ever did hear one. So we are here with our, our usual crew, minus Mr. Lucio Lorenzino, who is still, as I understand it, in a country that is not America. Right. Apparently he has he was mountains bragging about, he won't he was shut bragging up about. about. Mountains. Yeah, he's, he's, <laughs> trying to, he's trying to tell us about the gl- great, glorious mountains that he's seeing, but... Uh, I don't know. I've seen a mountain before. I've seen you know a couple. cooler than mountains? Mormons. Valleys. Oh, that too. Yeah. That's where I was going to go from there. Happy Valleys. <laughs> All right. That's, that's not true. They're pretty lame. 100% did a great job. Podcast Podcast A+. I'm writing it right here. All right. Let's, uh, should we kick things off with a little Metal Gear Solid? Uh-huh. There was a speculatory post. Yes, that is the theme. Isn't that when you end Metal Gear Solid? That's when you get a game over, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's okay. That's all right. Jay's maybe, I don't know if he's good at Metal Gear Solid. I'm better than you. Who, I don't get the impression Jay likes Metal Gear Solid. Who is the, who is the best Metal Gear Solid player here? Who will, who will rise up and claim such a title? A few years ago, I would have said myself, but I think Jay is the one who's really put in the work in the bad times. <laughs> I'm the best at Metal Gear Solid uh, Ghost Babble for Game Boy. Everyone's the best at that one. So if anybody it's wants to... Too, it's easy to not set up alarms when you can see everything. If anybody wants to fight me in that one, you let me know. Uh, sure, I'll take you on that one. So anyway... I, I wouldn't call myself the best. I think I'm a pretty... Medi- medium range, intermediate, mediocre-ish Metal Gear player. So pretty great. I don't want to dwell on this, but I am almost certainly the best at Snake Eater. I destroyed that entire game. I didn't need subsistence. I just did it all in first person. Wow. That's right. What a killer. I mean, I'm, I did that too. I'm the boss. Oh my god, alright. But who, who's like, who's, has anyone here done a 100% stealth game of Metal Gear? Oh yeah. I do uh, that in my all sleep. Right. So Michael's the best. So Michael's done that because I've never done like 100. percent I don't have the I, did, I don't I, have the patience. I, yeah, neither do I. I, I always start like I, I do an honest <laughs> start at being completely slow, and then like halfway through the game, I'm just shooting everything. Especially Guns of the Patriots. You know, they were giving me too many weapons to not use them. No, yeah, I wouldn't. I mean, once was enough with that game already. But you know, I've definitely never played a, a stealth series that tempted me so much around every corner. To just blow all the stuff up. Like, <laughs> oh man, that is a tough game to stay cool with. And so, like, the first time I got to the Sorrow in uh, in Snake Eater, that was a pretty rough uh, journey <laughs> down that river. I kind of thought, yeah. thought the game was broken <laughs> and the, the river was never going to end. You're like, all right, this is getting a little ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> So anyway, there was a post on the Metal Gear Solid subreddit that was, uh, it's actually a couple days old now, but it was uh, trending today. Um, It's a little speculatory, but they're also, the the title kind of describes it pretty well. It says, we'll probably never have the entire picture, but here's some actual insight into the Kojima-Konami situation from Rika Muranaka, who is the composer, writer, and singer for Metal Gear Solid 1, 2, and 3. Um, So... The claim, I think, is uh, pulled from an interview um, with her, and I think it says here, so I'll quote this. 
the main reason for the falling out, at least in her opinion, so this is someone who interviewed her, is right. that Kojima gets paid a salary and doesn't make any profit share on the game. He gets paid a certain amount no matter what, and he was spending so much money and delaying the project and adding all these features and making sure the game was the biggest and best thing it could be, and Konami was unhappy with that because delaying has no effect on him. He was spending the budget on this and that and upgrading the Fox engine and then delaying further because the engine wasn't ready. And Konami wasn't happy with that because he gets his salary and he takes a more traditional Japanese man approach by not taking a profit share. So in doing that, he gets a little more than a game creator would, but doesn't take bonuses from the game selling well. So, um, which it kind of would explain Ground Zeroes, wouldn't it? I... Well, yeah, to try and recoup some of the costs. I mean, it would it would through. it would make sense to me if Ground Zeroes was more a Konami idea than yeah. a Kojima idea. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, like he's sitting there making this this masterpiece that is Metal Gear Solid Five. Masterpiece remains to be seen, but he's sitting there uh, making his masterpiece that is Metal Gear Solid Five, and he's got an exec who comes in. And he's like, "Hey, um, uh, I need money." So can, what can we do that would get me money? Because right now you're not doing that. Yeah. And so, and then he's like, I got this great idea. We'll take a part of the game and we'll sell it. And we all know how that turned out. And that is to say, great. The yeah, best. I, mean, I, think, I, think that's, I think everything about that scenario sounds about right. One of the, I, I wouldn't disagree with that at all. So another interesting pull from this. So uh, she, it goes on to say Kojima is a fantastic creator, probably the best creator of his time, in her opinion. But he doesn't have a strong business sense like Konami would like him to have, where instead of, for example, cutting corners by lowering foliage resolution, he wants to make sure everything looks as good and polished as possible. She said they paid for her to write 30 to 40 songs that ended up not being used, and he would tell her to write another one and then another one and then another one because he settles for what he likes and has a good mind for what people want to see and what people want to hear. And why do all the songs suck in Metal Gear? <laughs> I I like the Snake Eater song, but that's not her. Right. So. He's sleeping with her. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> that's why he just keeps calling her back. She know he knows that she's terrible, but God, she's got she's a good lay. <laughs> All right. Well, that's the that also speculation, of course. No, this, that's fact. Oh, okay. this kind of sounds like Confirmed. it's taking the uh, the opinion that like he's a genius who's trying to make real art but it's just the evil corporation that doesn't want him to do it i mean you know let's be honest here um kojima i feel 50 50 on his calls sometimes he'll do something that i feel is brilliant other times he'll do something where i'm like this guy needed more studio oversight right and it's like i mean i wouldn't i'd be willing to believe it's brilliant but at the same time like he could be creating pluto nash back there <laughs> and Konami's like we we gotta we gotta derail this train wreck. Yeah, that's, I, and that's true. You're right. I mean, I think you know, I I it's like every other Metal Gear game. I guess he kind of nails it. Like there there's certain things I find questionable in Peace Walker, right? But now they're taking some time away from it. I think there's some parts of Peace Walker that make it one of the best Metal Gears. Like I think you know the the fight with Paz and. And Metal Gear Zeke, at the first the first time I played it, I thought it was the dumbest thing ever. But now looking back at it, I'm like, oh yeah, fighting a nuclear uh, weapon to J-pop that is kind of fun. That is kind of cool. Um, as the series has progressed, you can see where he's become a little more self indulgent. Oh, he's become incredibly self indulgent. Like right. the first one, you know, the first one is kind of low key and laid back. I would say two, he tried something a little different. I'd say three, you know, three, three was like the sweet spot because that's like, oh, I'm going to make this kind of James Bond pastiche. It's the perfect blend of, you know, old espionage movies and, and Metal Gear. And then God, we, was we it get perfect. to, yeah. And then we get to like, we get to Guns of the Patriots and we get to uh, Portable Ops, which remember, Portable Ops is completely disavowed from the storyline now. Um, <laughs> and those are just like, you're, you're playing those and you're like, what the fuck is going on? You know, I think I think Gun of the pa- Guns of the Patriot was especially bad because when you could actually play that game, it was awesome. But you're just sitting there through hours and hours of cutscene. Like I, every time a, a Patriot cutscene came on, 
I'm like, okay, now it's time to get up, go grab a soda, and, and make some popcorn because I'm going to be sitting here for a goddamn while. Right. So it, it could be like he's Hitchcock making North by Northwest, or he could be Bill Murray making The Razor's Edge. Or, or he could be Adam Sandler making Pixels. But... But there is the follow-up question, because anytime you have a relationship like this where there's a creative team and and a producer and a publisher, um, it, it works the other way, too, right? Like, he might have made something really great, and then Konami's like, yes, but couldn't there be a guy who's always pooping? <laughs> okay, also a very good point. People would laugh more if there was a guy who was always pooping. Uh, I, you know For what? Eight in, games. In, in in Metal Gear games, that's actually not a bad thing. Like the uh, when I when I see the um uh the Phantom Pain, I'm, I'm losing track of my Metal Gear titles. When I, when I see Pat, Phantom Pain footage, the more stupid stuff I see in that game, the better I feel about it because I feel like just that little bit edge of quirkiness. It added to the series. You know, it made it special. It made it what it was. Right, but it, there, there's like a difference between like. Sasaki has diarrhea and therefore he abandons your jail cell. And Sasaki rolls on top of Meryl for like a ten minute gunfight. <laughs> yes, but that's like the self indulgence there. It's like Sasaki. Right, that's the that's the self indulgent scene that yeah. made an already bad game damn near unbearable. <laughs> yeah, that's, but, that's but definitely Michael, the weakest Michael. part. I don't know about did, I don't did, even know about the weakest. Didn't you love that they were getting engaged in that scene? Wasn't it just so Right, so so I'm just saying, like I I know we all want to believe that the creative mastermind is trying to give us gold, but maybe he's just you know trying to jerk himself off with like a billion I, dollars of Konami's I, money. And I kind of think so because you know you look at the, you know, there's like so much fucking torture in Metal Gear now. <laughs> like what the hell? There's like so much fucking torture. Like everyone in the club getting tortured. <laughs> I I don't really care. Like that's fine. I don't know why everybody's so up in arms about it. I think torture's hot. I, <laughs> I think I think Kojima thinks it's hot too. Right. I, that's, that's why we're all waiting for Metal Gear torture. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. I think that I think that I feel like on a personal level, I know more about Kojima's like fetishes than I should. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like by yes. the end, by the end of the Star Wars prequels, same with jo- I could tell what gives George Lucas a boner. <laughs> I could, and I could tell that he legitimately thought someone could die of sadness like, <laughs> after birthing two children to just be like, "Well, <laughs> that'll do." <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye, everyone. (laughs) Uh. (laughs) Oh, man. That was great. Do you guys... And I think that that's a nice parable, right? Because that is the... As much as I I would like to, you know, be like, oh, maybe it's Konami that's making all the bad choices. I do feel like the more likely explanation is is that that George Lucas syndrome, right? Like, oh, I'm great I, I, when someone's checking my work every now and then. Checking my life. But well, James Cameron was the same way. Like James Cameron is out his early films. He gave he, he didn't really need oversight, but he gave himself oversight. You know, he went to like his wife. He's like, like read my script, tell me what's wrong with it, and help me fix it. And as as James Cameron's gotten older. He's lost that same oversight. I feel like it's because yeah, he divorced his wife. Yeah, yeah, he divorced her, and then you could see what happened to his films. Oh man, um, I wonder if that's I wonder if that's traceable. Like the year he divorced her, <laughs> matching it to the but, movies that he released. So I think you know it's because it's a bad thing if it's too much in the other direction, right? Because then you get a studio like Ubisoft that's like we need an Assassin's Creed every fucking year, and they suffer a hidden quality, and it's very by the numbers, and we need to release a specific game because this is what our test audience is like, and we need to do that year after year. So I think there's a sweet spot, and the movie I'm going to use as an example is Inside Out, which is, I think it's Pixar's best movie to date. Um, but Pixar has like a very precise process where um, they give the creators a lot of control to a certain level. Like they, they, give, they give the creators a lot of control, a lot of trust, but then the studio heads that they have coming in and judging this work, these studio heads are actually creative guys. They're not just business guys like get a lot of these video game companies and a lot of these studios. They're like creative guys, creative women. They come in, they look at the film, they're like, here are our notes, this is what we need to hit, all that kind of stuff. So there's just enough oversight. Like I feel like there's a balance between how much oversight an artist can get 
in order to deliver a product that pleases everyone. Um, and I feel like you can either go in with too much oversight or you can go in well, without enough. So, and I think that's what we're seeing with Kojima. I think we're seeing like the latter. Like it's clear there's no oversight and, and Konami's hands are tied. I think you're right. And I need you to hang on because my okay. dog, my dogs will not shut the fuck up. There is someone, <laughs> there is someone in my backyard and I hope they're not a murderer. I'll be right back. I hope they're not black. God, stupid at 425. dogs. Oh man! All right. I'd really like to have another good Metal Gear game. Like, yeah, there was a time when they brought me a lot of joy. I agree. I I don't know. I you know it's like I went and read a book because of Metal Gear. A book. (laughs) My my person. Well, I remember I remember standing online here in New York to get um, Kojima's autograph and autograph of that actress that played. Right, and you sent me a copy, and I was so happy. Yeah. And now I I look at it and I'm like, man. I don't even know where mine is. <laughs> it's kind of like it's kind of like if you had a picture in your living room of a friend who died in like a stupid motorcycle accident. <laughs> You'd just be like, ah. oh, God, what happened, uh, Johnny? Okay, what you do? It was just a guy with a really big knife. <laughs> uh, okay, that's that's not not a big problem. Pro- problem solved, or are you just gonna wait and see how that plays out? No, I think I think problem solved. All right, I waved at him. <laughs> <laughs> Now he knows you're cool and won't stab you to death. Yeah, that's probably it. That's the tactic. That's the scenario I see working. It's like they when you say nice if you're that in... bullet to the, the weird kid in high school, he's not going to end up shooting you later uh, on. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's they, they a say life if, tip from Doug right there. They say if you're involved in a workplace shooting, you should say hi to the shooter, and he probably won't shoot you. I don't, oh, Terry, how I you don't, doing? I don't think I'm they good. say that. <laughs> Excuse me, Doug. I got work to do. Someone's got a case of the Mondays. Maybe you should shoot me. <laughs> oh my god! All right. So anyway, Speaking of going crazy. I, you guys know I have a mohawk. <laughs> I do. I of saw sorts. It. I mean, you guys know it's a blonde mohawk. Um, it looked very black in the picture that you sent me. Uh, no, it looked very. That's racist, like Jared. It's like a a dark rust, but now it's blonde. It looked very African-American. So what what can you do now that you have your blonde mohawk that you could not do before? I hear blondes have more fun, so we'll see how true that is. Okay, so you'll report back next week? (laughs) I'll I'll report back. I won't be here next week. That's right. Aren't blondes sluttier? So do you feel sluttier now? I do feel much sluttier. Well, that's good. In fact, I'm doing this podcast shirtless. Ooh. Hmm. So how many guys have you blown since you've had blonde hair? Uh, like 20. <laughs> Damn, but that would have guys. happened anyway. Oh, okay. Mm. Man, Jay is freaky. I feel like there's no natural segue back into the Kojima <laughs> conversation Kojima blows at this point. Dudes. I thought we were so, done with Kojima. Well, I, I, for the sake of editing, I was hoping there would be a natural <laughs> place to resume <laughs> But since there's not, I guess we'll just... Well, Michael and I talked a little bit more about Kojima after you left. Yeah. Okay. Well, then I'll see what, I'll see what I can salvage there. And uh, should, we move on, should we move on to our, to our main project tonight? Uh, I thought we were going to do... Or, uh, or, I, guess, I guess we can save her for the main project. Or should, or should we talk about Odula? We can do that. It, it, it won't take terribly long. Tell me okay. about it. Okay. It looks like Actraiser. Is it anything like Actraiser? Yeah, kind of. So this week I've been playing Odalis, The Dark Call, which is... Ah, fuck me. I don't know who made it. Um, oh, um, Well, I'm not going to put that much time into it. We're, we're, actually, we're actually playing it late because their email uh, soliciting it went to our junk mail. So <laughs> we would have been playing it sooner. Joy Masher, that's it. Joy Masher. Is that the studio, though, or is that just the PR? Uh, it would appear to be the studio. If you're listening, Joy Masher, hello. Um, know that we did not get your th- <laughs> your stuff's going to junk mail. You should check that out. <laughs> so this is a uh, side-scrolling platformer in kind of a Metroidvania style. And if you know me, like I, I'm, I don't get very excited about platformers. I'm almost a little hesitant to take on Metroidvania-style games. Um, the, the big draw to this game is that it looks 
I mean, it is a dead ringer for like an early 16-bit side scroller. Like it looks, it looks and plays. It sounds like a, you know, like uh, or Ghosts and Goblins, or I think they said yeah, Demon's Crest, or like an early Castlevania. And I think, like, it plays pretty well. It's got it's got some good parts and it's bad parts, but it's it's pretty good. But I think if they hadn't like just nailed that 16-bit side scroller uh, aspect, like I don't think this game would be anything special. But they did, and it's actually pretty cool. Hmm. So, um, so I mean, it was we compared it to Actraiser. What else, like? Um, what's the, what do you think is the closest? What's the absolute closest that you can get to being like, it's like this? Um, you know, I, I didn't play a whole lot of these games when I was younger, so I'm probably not going to be able to grasp a, a good comparison. Act Razor does feel kind of appropriate because it's also, I, I feel like the graphics maybe kind of hit upon like the same era. And yeah. I think that's actually something I really like about this is, if you release this game at the end of like the Super Nintendo era, it would look archaic. Like it's got kind of a muted color palette. It doesn't look that fancy, but almost because of that, it almost feels more special. That's that's where it derives its charm, yeah. Right. And you know, I, I started playing it and I thought like, oh, this is this is kind of cool. And then I started to kind of get into the grind of it because it does still kind of have some of the problems that you would experience in an old school, you know, side scrolling Castlevania style game. So so what is that? What are the what do you mean when you say the problems? Uh the first thing is that it it doesn't have continues, but it has lives. So I'll go into a stage and I'll get three lives. And if I beat the stage with one life left, I go to the next stage and I get killed on my, you know, like trying to figure out where I'm going. I gotta go back all the way to the start of that stage. And like I said, it doesn't have continue, so it's not a big deal. Like it just means I'll have to do a little bit more backtracking. But it just it serves no purpose except to make me do more stuff I already did. Yeah, I think yeah, I think I've annoying. complained about that before. I, I can't remember yeah. what you game know, I was playing that, that had Sonic. it. Was it Sonic? Yep. I, yeah. So I I just want to interject there because you know I I was looking since I finally got my Steam back since I finally got my a library back. I was looking through some of my old old games that I had downloaded, right? Mm-hmm. And one was called um, uh, Altonis, Altionis. I want to say a tale of petty revenge, and that is like old 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 school in terms of how it plays and what um, she buys and all that kind of stuff. That's it, and it's it was very frustrating for me to try and get through the first time. I'm going to try to go with the controller and see how it feels. But then I played Axiom Verge on PlayStation 4. And Axiom Verge has a lot of the old schoolness and it has a lot of the old school difficulty. But it has like just one or two new school conventions that doesn't make it a, a, um, a pain in the ass. So it's like the best of both worlds. So I might die in an area and I might have to repeat parts of the area. But if I got to the last save, whether I saved or not, or if I got to a specific um, checkpoint, then I respond at that checkpoint. I don't have to worry about a ton of lies and all that kind of stuff. I'm like, okay, I died here, but I can easily resume my progress, and that's better than like losing everything in a level. Right, and, and just just a few back. little touches like that would go, would have gone a long way. Yeah, and it keeps like it, it saves all your upgrades, that kind of stuff too. So that stuff I don't have to worry about finding again. It's like if I find a new upgrade, I know I have that no matter where I die, no matter what progress I lose. And to be fair, that is actually something they do. Like, if you okay. solve one of the puzzles in the game, like, even if you have die and go back to the beginning, you don't have to go back and resolve that puzzle. So well, it, it really is just a minor inconvenience. The, there is just one problem where it's really pissing me off, is the final boss has quite a bit of, like, dialogue before you start, or, like, in between sta- So it's a boss that, like, you know, goes through stages. And so there's quite a bit of dialogue, and... Mm. If you're on your, you know, your continue, like your set of lives, like it doesn't repeat. But after you die and you come back, you have to go through that dialogue Place again. Place all that dialogue again. Yeah. And that boss is a fucking bitch, and I can't kill him. So I have 
seeing the same dialogue like 50 times now. And now that, that's an ultimate annoyance that needs to be gone. Right. <laughs> I would think that I would appreciate something like that if like I hadn't played the game for a while. And, you know, back in the day, that wasn't something that you could know. But now you can quantify like exactly the last time I played the game versus what time is it today. Well, and, and then you can skip that dialogue unless it's been like a week. Yeah. Well, yeah, and the thing here is like that nobody's going to be paying attention to the story. And it maybe has a little bit more story than it needs for a game where I'm not like nobody gives a shit. <laughs> not a not a big deal. I mean, it's it's just color dialogue basically. But I, I don't I don't care. Like I I know what's going on. I'm I could come back and play this game ten years from now, and you don't need to remind me. Like there's the guy. I'm gonna kill him. Let's fight. <laughs> so what? Uh, what where where are you? Uh, I wouldn't make you commit to anything, but where are you sitting on on the score fence at the moment? You know, I think it's gonna be a kind of a soft four, but I think it's a it's a good four. It's a, it's um, a good four. Yeah. Overall, like, uh, the gameplay is fun. Uh, some of the bosses, unfortunately, they have some pretty cool-looking bosses. Like, again, they really nail that style of the era. Unfortunately, they don't... Um, there's a lot of them where I can just kind of, like, crouch down behind them and, like, take one hit, be invulnerable, and just, like, spam the attack button and kill them that way. <laughs> so, so that's... Did, go ahead, sorry. Yeah, did you land it in a comfortable place with the time... Yeah, actually, um, I so I originally commented, you know, on the Steam page. They say it's got like four plus hours of gameplay, and for a game that I I think it's like fifteen dollars. I want to say that's what it is. Yeah, something like that. Like that's that's a lot of money. But um, you know, I've been trying to unlock. Uh, there's collectibles, you know, relics, and you can upgrade your sword, your armor, uh, get some bonuses to your life, like how many wet items you can hold. Um, I've been trying to do all that, and I'm just a little short of, I think, 10 hours. Oh, wow. And it's, sometimes it's going to be a little frustrating. Like, some of the puzzles are not intuitive, and sometimes some of the levels feel a little sloggy and unfun. But a lot of them are pretty well done and, you know, fun. So I'm, if I hit 10 hours, like, I think 15 bucks is a pretty good spot for this game. You know, just, it's a few small things, like the lives and the bosses and this and that, but... Overall, I'm digging it. It's pretty good. Yeah, I think, I mean, I, I can't, you know, tell because I haven't played it, but mm. they certainly nailed the aesthetic. Very much so. Like, goddamn. And like, like I said, I think probably if they hadn't, I wouldn't feel as affectionate toward this game as I do, but since they did such a good job, like, it, it's working pretty well for me. I mean, it's similar to Shovel Knight. If they, if they, if that game didn't feel so much like everything it's based off of and even mm-hmm. even down to little stuff like how you jump like how high you jump and how long you need to press the button and um you know just just how the game feels in general uh if any of that was off it, it wouldn't have worked but instead it worked spectacularly oh that actually maybe that's another small complaint i have is so i understand like the point of a metroidvania is you get like upgrades that make you play better so like by the time i'm at the end of the game like i feel like i'm pretty badass like i've got the double jump i've got the dash and the it's got a pazuzu cape which lets me like float as i fall like that's fun when i start the game i kind of play like i'm a stupid retarded asshole and like it's not it's not a lot of fun at first so Mm, so so it's not it's not great to play until you get some decent upgrades no i I wouldn't i wouldn't even say that like you you kind of learn how to play it a little better but i just feel so like unintuitive and like stubby when i start the game like i, I, I know the point like of that's kind of... is to get better but can i just like start out just a little bit better so i'm having fun at first i don't know i, I feel like that's kind of standard in that genre like if, if you go back to any metroidvania you always suck before i would say even before like even the second upgrade that you get yeah um, but so you have like a game like ori in the blind forest where like you get a lot of powers that make you play the game entirely differently but at least when you start out the game, like you can, you have like kind of a intuitive play style that's still fun. Here's here's a question, okay? Mm-hmm. What would have what would have worked better for you if the game just played the way it does, or if they did probably the most common trope for this genre, which is they start you out through an opening segment where you have all your powers and they sh- yeah. and they show you how badass you will be, and then they take them all away. 
Uh, I don't think that would have worked very well because, like I said, at, at first I just don't feel very. I didn't have a lot of fun playing it for the first level or so, and having. I, good. You know, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I, I, but I feel like the thing you're describing, Jared, is almost exclusive to Metroid because they have to explain how Samus loses her powers every time. Yeah, it's definitely. I think of Metroid when I when I think of something like that. But Symphony yeah. of the Night did it, and it was very tantalizing. Like I was very excited to get those things back. But that's because, oh, yeah, like, like after Card has all of his stuff stolen, like he's still he's still fun to play. Yeah, I, I get what you mean. I I understand the complaint, but I also think, kind of like Jay said, I don't know that there's a fix for it. Like maybe a little bit, um, and just a little more thought into how much stuff you can give them at the beginning to make the gameplay, you know, as fun as possible without, you know, killing the the upgrade path, really. Just um, just make me swing my sword a little faster and maybe jump a little higher. I, I don't know. I just don't know that you deserve it. I put yeah. 10 hours into it. I deserve it. Well, you, okay, have, no. you have it now. It's been 10 hours. All right, should we move on? Let's, I think it's time. I think it's time. I think it's time to continue on to brighter pastures um so this was this was a suggestion that that was given to us by a listener um and it's kind of been i i I heard this a while ago but i've been saving it because it's been kind of a slow week there's not a lot going on right now hey Um, i played skate 3 and it's the best game this year jay played skate 3 so yeah that tells you what kind of week we're having um, I, I don't. I could have played. I could have played Life is Strange. I think. I think before we go into it, I do want to talk about Life is Strange. Just the opening. So put on your spoiler hats, kids. Okay, um, here it goes. So remember when we last discussed Life is Strange, we talked about how Max creates this alternate timeline, um, where you know her best friend and sidekick Chloe is um, paraplegic now. Oh, that's right. That's right. Discuss that. <laughs> so it turns out, in you know, so if you have a, a, a brand new timeline where everything is different, what would you naturally assume would happen in this timeline? Dinosaurs roam the earth with man. Okay, Michael. <laughs> um, what's what's the main character's name again? Max. Okay, Max has to save up money to buy some kind of like weird mechanical sex swing so she and Chloe can continue their relationship. Okay, and Doug? I would save all those people that Bill Cosby raped. (laughs) All right. But basically, it sounds like you guys expect to do a lot in this timeline and explore and fuck around and figure out what's going on, right? Yeah, like ride a stegosaurus. Like ride a stegosaurus. Or stop Well, what if I tell you all Max does on this alternate timeline is watch a movie with Chloe, and then Chloe asks her to uh, kill her, and whether you do or not, you go straight back to the original timeline. Without doing anything to get there. Oh, thank God. <laughs> I was worried that my choices might matter. <laughs> you, you worried that your choices might matter. You were worried that... So all, of, all it does is it sets up, like, this deus ex machina, right? Like, if something goes horribly wrong, um, then Max can go back and, and, and change the timeline anytime she wants by jumping into a picture. That's, that's literally all this is for. Um, by the way, I do know the ending, and I can tell you that at the end of the game, someone pulls a Bill Cosby on Max. Oh my god. <laughs> How topical. Um, yeah. So that's it. I, and, you know, I, I, I guess I don't want to spoil it, but I was thinking about this, and I was thinking about how Chloe in Life is Strange, she's basically the most annoying, worst sidekick ever. It's really hard to describe it. Um, I think she's my Sarah from Dragon well, Age. She, she certainly can't fight the bad guys now. Uh, well, she can now because that timeline never happened anymore. Oh, right, her. right. Okay. So anyway, so we have Chloe. She's like so fucking annoying. And I was just thinking, had this been like a Telltale game, not only would they kill Chloe and, and leave her dead, they would require it. Like there'd be some fucked up choice. And I don't know about you guys, um, but the last episode of Game of Thrones, it's like they gave you this choice. And it's like, wow, that choice blew my fucking mind. Meanwhile, I'm in Life is Strange, and I'm just saddled with all this bullshit. You know, that actually may be what makes me the angriest about Dragon Age Inquisition. I couldn't kill Sarah. I could only ask her to leave. But if I had the choice, I would have let her get eaten by zombies. Oh, but you could could get her to leave, though? 
Yeah, I just tell her, like, huh, I'm sick of you. Get out. And she gets all teary. I, oh, yeah. I think I think you can dismiss anyone, can't you? Almost. Just about everyone, I think. So I got that off my chest. That's all I wanted to say. I, I you know, these choices aren't very dynamic. This story's not very dynamic. God. It's oh, almost God. like it's a bad game. It's almost like it's a bad game. It's re- it's really beloved, though. People really like it. I I I I don't know. I I'm really each episode and each up. Ep- I have other friends playing it, and each episode they play it and they come back to me and they go, "No, Jay, this episode is actually better than the last." This is this is it. the one that's going to convince you. One. And and I play it. I'm like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" I I this <laughs> is. Yeah, the consensus on the internet seems to be it's great. So I, you know, I can understand because don't I can at least give don't nod the fact that they're doing something different. We don't typically see um, a John Green video game every day, but mm-hmm. there you go. We have one right here. Paper Towns, the video game. Well, it's better than um, Call of Duty Black Ops Two. Oh, I shouldn't have said that. Maybe Call of Duty or wait, is it Black Ops Three now? Do you? No one here would even know. <laughs> I would. I, that's my favorite. Why did I ask that question? Totally. I, Third. I, Call of Huna. What a waste of a question. It's a prequel. I gave, um, I, I gave an honest go to Heroes of the Storm, and I officially think um, anyone that plays or designs a MOBA is a dog rapist. <laughs> okay. I, I would agree with that. They're just so sexy. MOBA players are dog rapists. <laughs> All right, should we move on to the good times? Let's try some good times, shall we? All right, so this is, you know, as you as you run out of, as you have slow weeks, sometimes you got to pass the time somehow. So what we're gonna do today is we're gonna do we're gonna test ourselves a little bit. We've been all together on this website, on this podcast for a time now, and I think that we are getting a feeling for. Uh, what pleases the other members of the site and and perhaps what horrifies and infuriates them. So our mission today as a group, and we'll do it for Lucio first since he's not here, is we need to come up... Are you sure you want to do it for Lucio first? Because I'll probably nail it. Oh, you think you can? He's, he won't be here to tell us. We'll have to find out next week. Yeah, but. I think I can. Okay. So what we're going to do is we're going to come up with Lucio's dream game. We're going to combine all the elements that we believe he loves into an ultimate dream game. Um, And then we're going to also create his greatest nightmare. The thing that would kill him after he played it, if we made him play it to completion. So let us begin. Jay, Lucio's ultimate game. What are we doing? What are we putting in this pot? Okay, so you have to you have to tell me like is there a certain structure we're doing this like genre character what? I want I want the ultimate mishmash, something that he would find so unbelievable, a game that he never thought could be made. Like so, uh, for for example, so I might it, I might suggest like um, a, a soccer simulator where you get to manage uh, your team's finances, <laughs> <laughs> but also play soccer. And everyone playing soccer is, um, shit, steampunk. They have to be steampunk somehow. Cyberpunk, Jared. Oh, fuck. That's right. Yeah, cyberpunk. (laughs) Jesus Christ. You're like already fucking this up. Oh, I am going to get. You don't even know Lucio at all. I am going to get some grief. (laughs) I am going to get some fucking grief for that. Yeah, you're going to get it right here. He still goes out of the way all the time to mention my Western RPG comment, my offhand random comment. So to to mistake. Actually, I was a little I was a little insulted because in between Lucio's uh, coming back here last week when we had the cyberpunk conversation, I corrected you guys about their being no black people responsible for cyberpunk. I corrected you guys. I named Samuel Delaney and Mike Pondsmith, and he listened to the podcast. I was actually offended he didn't give me my props. Oh, I think I cut that out, actually, so that's oh, why. You cut it out? I think we it don't was, like to talk about race. I think it was, it, no, it was tied to another discussion that I knew couldn't stay. I don't remember <laughs> what. Uh, okay. <laughs> that so sounds like probably us. said a racist word. <laughs> yeah, it seems like that's likely what happened. Like, like Hulk Hogan. Like Hulk Hogan, yes. Is Hulk Hogan a racist word? Yes. Oh, 
The words you said were racist. All right, Jay, so I've Don't failed. Don't go to that neighborhood. It's full of Hogan's. I fucked up in every way that I could. Go ahead. Lay it on me. Lucio's ultimate game. Okay, so this thing, it would have to be um, open world cyberpunk uh, starring Cammy White. You, you play as Cammy White. Uh, Street Fighter. From Street Fighter. Oh, okay, that Cammy. Um, oh, really? It does it for Lucio, huh? Yep. He likes to drill kick. <laughs> uh, let's see, Cammy White in a, in a, in a cyberpunk open world uh, Metroidvania style game. So, like, um, hmm, a cyberpunk open world Metroidvania yes. game? So you're asking, yes. so you're asking kind of for a 3D Metroidvania sort of. Yeah, like a 3D Metroidvania. So basically, an impossible thing. <laughs> if some, um, if someone can think of one that exists, I'm open to it. I mean, we we've had 3D Metroidvania. I can't imagine you need much more. Like maybe you need special items to open up areas. Open world used to be like that, where you needed um, special items to get to. I mean, not sorry, you need to complete certain tasks to get to certain. Areas I guess. I guess kind of uh, Dark Siders, maybe. Castle yeah, sixty four, man. Where does soccer fit into this game? Yeah, how, who who plays soccer? Well, you yeah, just, I mean, you stop by the soccer field. I mean, you don't, have so to, <laughs> you don't have to include all the things he loves, but it seems a shame to leave out something as important as that. <laughs> well, okay, we're leaving out soccer for now. I think I nailed it. I don't know. Okay, you tell me next week. I mean, if it's not if it's not open world, then it would have to be an RPG. Mm, yes, yeah, um, a PC RPG. Thank you. <laughs> no controller. Yeah, a PC actually a PC RPG would be great. It would have to be a PC RPG. Okay. All right. Yeah. So there you go. Okay. Now, conversely, let's make Lucio's worst game. His, Life is strange. His hell game. Life is strange. <laughs> okay, wait, wait, wait. Here we go. Life is strange exactly as it is, except in front of Life is Strange, they put the Fallout logo. <laughs> <laughs> and Max wears power armor for some, for some reason. Let me think. What, what would... God, what would drive him up the wall? I mean, we'd, we'd have to ruin Fallout, I think, in some way. <laughs> we have to defile Fallout. Okay, so it's, it's the Fallout MMO. So it's a... <laughs> I think that's it. It's just a Fallout MMO. That's it. Yeah, I think we're done. MMO, and the only person you can play is Chloe from Life is Strange. That's the only character. <laughs> oh, and you, yeah, and well, most of the game is climbing radio towers <laughs> to unlock, <laughs> to clear the fog like, of war. Climbing radio towers to clear the fog of war. I don't the know. Goal is um, I don't know that upsets him that much. Stop the apocalypse. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, that's good. All right. Oh, there we oh, go. oh, 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 and um, the game is set in Argentina. Only all of the Argentine dialogue is written by an American. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know why that, that got me. That that works. <laughs> I like that. All right. All, all right. The Argentinians say like howdy. <laughs> <laughs> howdy, partner. <laughs> Should we move on to Jay? It's a lovely day for an apocalypse, eh? <laughs> let's let's make Jay's ultimate game. Are you guys ready? Yeah. Are you I prepared? Think I, I think I've got something good here. Okay, Michael, start us off. All right. So it is a skateboarding game okay. in the Scott in the style of Tony Hawk, except you are a young Cuban woman who has to win the revolution against Batista with skating. Oh, with skating? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And her best friend is Hatsune Miku, Kristen Bell, and Jade Raymond. That's right, yeah. And there's a rhythm game element. Like, whenever, like, Batista's, like, hot, sexy goons attack, like, they fight with dance. <laughs> so you, like, tap out, you tap out the revolution. I like it. I like it. Um, hmm. That's pretty good. I'm trying to think. It, I feel like it's missing, oh, uh, like, uh, like, parkour and assassinations. <laughs> But like, Ooh, yeah, you know, but done well. Wait, 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 I think wait, you, I think you would like an Assassin's Creed game if it was made well. And well, you fund the revolution by pirating. Oh yes, oh. We, f we fucking forgot pirates. Yep, there ship to ship combat. 
So there's a there's a half pipe on the ship. <laughs> and you and That's how you steer it. You, that's how you order them to fire the cannons as you do a 1080. You grind to the left and then they swing. And uh uh, uh if you do a dark slide, then you win immediately. I don't know. Man, I'm feeling pretty good about this game. It seems like it should be real now. <laughs> and I think it's way more impossible than what we suggested for Lucio. <laughs> I, I, and you know, insane. I think it sounds, I think it sounds just stupid enough. I would play it. Like the, <laughs> stupid. Like, like the skateboarding <laughs> in the Cuban Revolution. That's that's almost what got me to play a skateboarding game in the first place. With <laughs> Metal Gear Solid Two substance. Oh my so god! It's like I could see that. I could see you playing like Havana Grind It. Like, <laughs> Some kind, of, um, some kind of crazy thing I, where you have to like, I, I pop have to it say, all you know, off Castro's statue. Parkour actually drives me up the wall a little bit. I'm so sick of seeing it. Oh, so no, I, so, so no parkour. Yeah, like I, I even had this conversation with Lucio where I, you know, we argued about Assassin's Creed com- combat and um, parkour system in, like he, he said it made it feel more pirated and I'm like, no, it's just more assassin bullshit I didn't want to do. You know, I'd feel pretty good about parkour in a game if they could make it like not shitty. Well, you, okay, so I'll give you this. I'll give you this. If you give, if you gave me parkour that was somehow like Skate Three's control scheme, like flicking, flicking the the, the stick, and um, depending on the pressure you put on it, you could do different subtle tricks and switch it up and all that kind of stuff. The game is something that felt really good and fluid. And was it me just breaking my right shoulder button all the time? I could deal with that. Like, that could be cool. That could be all right? Yeah. Okay, I think I've worked out your worst game. Okay. It's the, the crew. crew, except... <laughs> except... Except... You the drive... Parkour. You drive the Batmobile. Oh, my Ooh. God. That is definitely the worst one. It's the crew, but only with the Batmobile. <laughs> that is... That is horrific. That's like... That's like... like that's like a layer of hell. Written by Diablo Cody. <laughs> oh God! Written by Diablo Cody. Yeah. <laughs> sure, why not? Um, yep, I think that's it. John Green would have been worse, but that works too. Yeah, I hey, think. Give me credit that I remembered whoever that is. Yeah, I give you credit for that one. I, I gotta say, you know, you guys, um, you guys missed my punk rock element. No, that's that's true. We did, especially young you even Cuban t- punk rocker. You even t- <laughs> told us about your mohawk, and we and we just disregarded it. <laughs> you just disregarded it. We just threw it. We, ch- we crumpled it up and threw it in the trash. <laughs> okay. All right. I, you guys did. A de- you guys did a decent job on the best game, and you guys definitely nailed the worst game. <laughs> or this life is strange. The worst game just seemed too easy. It's too simple. <laughs> all right. All right. Who's next? Should we do Doug? Sure. I think Doug's the challenging nut. I actually think Doug's pretty easy. Yeah, I, I know I, it has to. I you have to be able to punch a pregnant woman until she has a carriage. And then I believe that's all I ask. Yeah. So it. I mean, it's pretty much Dark Souls. I don't it's, know. What it's it's actually it's actually just Dark Souls three. Yeah, yes. I think that's it. And then give me Dark Souls three, and I'm a happy man. And then his hell is Lords of the Fallen two. <laughs> Ta-da! We did it. Dark Souls three, except all of the enemies are youth, like, like just youths. just children, youths. Oh, I got it. It's um, it's it, it's it, we're talking about his worst, right? Well, I, I don't care. It's, it's Dark Souls 3 made by Peter Molyneux. <laughs> no. That makes me, me want to cry. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And Dark all the unborn infants are birthed healthily. But, <laughs> but he promises that in the game you'll be able to get married, have a baby, and then fight the baby. Well, okay, that, okay. I don't necessarily want to get married, but I do want to fight a baby. Oh, but that's not. <laughs> but, but by the way, that's not going in the game. Oh. He just, that, there he just said it that. would be there. <laughs> is is the baby like a challenging boss battle, or is it really just like a guy against a baby? Um, it's like the Celestial Emissary boss battle. I think the baby should fight like Eddie Gordo from Tekken. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. That's that's my hell right there, is a game starring Eddie Gordo from Tekken. <laughs> 
All right. Michael? Actually, I could take Lily from second in my game. You could handle that? Yeah. I think I know what Michael wants. Okay, what does Michael want? Michael wants a simulator where he just plays a 1950s husband and his (laughs) wife is subjugate to him. (laughs) And it maybe has a metal soundtrack. Ooh. And that's it. Like, he just gets to just boss women around. I think think Michael would enjoy a a classic beat-em-up, like like the old Streets of Rage or... No, no, it it wouldn't be Streets of Rage. It would have to be... um, Well, River City Ransom's the first one. River City Ransom. But, but, you know, something along those lines. So so men who have, like, packs of cigarettes rolled into their shirt sleeves um, on the streets, punching and kicking... um, uh, with with no regard for who it is they're punching or kicking. A Tunnel Snakes Rules beat em up. <laughs> a, a Tunnel Snakes Rules beat em up. Yeah. You have to get, you're punching women to get them back in the kitchen. You're collecting combs. <laughs> At the end of the game, you fight a bipedal nuclear tank. You know, guys, that sounds pretty damn cool. <laughs> <laughs> and now it'll never happen ever. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now, conversely, I think we can. I think we can f- figure out hell pretty quickly. Uh, it's an anime dating sim. <laughs> for starters, um, maybe anime dating sim slash visual novel. Definitely a heavy. It's, it's an anime dating sim slash visual novel made by a very smug developer. <laughs> I think they created the greatest game in the world. Yeah, Phil Fish made it. <laughs> and he and he knows that he just knocked it out of the fucking park. Oh, and it has zombies. Oh yeah, yeah. Half, yeah halfway yeah. through, halfway through, zombies show up. You know, this might fit for both Lucio and Michael, but a uh, a sequel to Chrono Trigger, made by <laughs> current Square Enix, an anime think, dating sim, a, a, yeah, Chrono, Trigger, a Chrono Trigger themed <laughs> anime dating sim. How do you like that? Throw in a rhythm game element, and you've got a perfect nightmare. <laughs> oh, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Um, in order to truly woo them, you have to also defeat them at DDR. <laughs> Does that sound good? Yep. Oh, yeah. It sounds like a type of good. All right, guys. I think I'm all that's left. Okay. So for Jared. Show me your knowledge. The hat stacking. Got to be hats. Yeah. And they got to stack on top of one another. Uh, Maybe a hat stacking game set in a mountaintop where you're a park ranger. <laughs> oh, that's real funny. <laughs> Everyone else is laughing. <laughs> All right, so is it more Rayman or more Uncharted with hats that you stack? Ray Charted Hat Stacker Edition. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that sounds like it to me. I don't like that Rayman is like the game. Like, I really, I don't know. I guess I really do like Rayman. I don't know. I feel like it's, that's disappointing that Rayman is <laughs> defined as my like. It's the game I, that I, I've I heard you the most. I definitely, I de- definitely have your worst one. I guess it's because no one believes me about how good Rayman is. I believe you. It was fun. Maybe that's why. But you have I to have know. a Wii U to, ha- to play it. So not anymore. It's out on everything. Well, at the time. But. But uh, yeah. okay, I definitely have the worst one. Okay, lay it on me. You work as a maid at the house, um, <laughs> where in the background, Sonic is fighting Eggman. <laughs> I think actually a more realistic version <laughs> of that game that I would believe is real is you are Sonic and you're a maid <laughs> at a house, and uh, and you're cleaning up. I don't know. Um, you're you're probably you're probably cleaning the house of a Sonic fan, and you're just cleaning up jizz all day. <laughs> not not only that, but it has a very vague ending. Right. It should it should it should be the vaguest of endings. It should just. Either way, Sonic ba- bangs Eggman. <laughs> it's just whether whether or not you read his autobiography determines whether it was like consensual or. No, 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 no. You can't read the autobiography. You just need to see it. Well, right, right. Sonic sees it, but you don't know what's in it. On a table. You know, I would hate for someone to see, like, an excerpt from a book. <laughs> truly okay. horrify me. I think I've got another stab at your, uh, your perfect game. Kay. So it's basically Resident Evil 4. Ooh. You know, 
except your guy just has like a bunch of hats, but their hats are, like, <laughs> the hats protect his neck. Uh-huh. So every time like a zombie grabs him and shakes him, like he loses a couple of hats. Uh huh. And if he loses all of his hats, like he, the zombies can get at his neck and then they eat them. Oh, why are the hats on his neck? I don't know that I like that. No, it's it's a hat that protects the neck, like a you know cap. With... Oh, like chainmail. Uh, okay, uh, and, and, kind of, but. And to compliment that one, I have um, I have his next horse skin. Okay. So, okay. So, so you are Sonic, working, working at the house as a maid. You're Sonic working at the house as a maid. Uh huh. But while you're working, the game ends halfway through, and it says, "Please buy part two, which is out in two years." <laughs> I can add one more game that Jared would hate. Oh man! <laughs> and it has it, does, it. And you know what? I will add a character of Sonic the Maid. In a Diablo three like dungeon crawler, oh god, made by Blizzard. I don't. I can't think of something worse than Sonic in a Diablo game. That's, I could think of something worse. That's literally. Well, I'm sure. I. I. That was hyperbole. I can think of uh, a lot of things worse, uh, like uh, the uh, conflict uh, in Darfur. No. Well, how the about game? um? That's about, a good idea. How about a Sonic MOBA? Yeah. Oh, there you go. Doesn't that apply to everybody here, though? <laughs> Sonic of the Ancients. I was actually thinking. I was thinking that before we even started this, I was like, "Man, for, ba- for the nightmare game, everyone's just gonna say a MOBA." I can say a Fallout MOBA. Oh, that that hits. I think almost all of us. Oh, yeah. God. Almost oh. worse than an MMO. I'm not hungry. Think, you know the sad. You know the sad thing about a Fallout MOBA is I can see that one happening. Of no. everything we talk about tonight, you, you bite your goddamn tongue. Seriously. <laughs> Oh, oh! There's just something about it that just oh, it's just it like and put a it put a taste in my mouth. There was a, an incredible post on Reddit today where this guy basically uh, made a video complaining about how Reddit shadow banned him. I don't know if you guys know what a shadow ban is, but yeah. the the idea is that you you go to a website and you log in and everything looks normal and you post comments and have fun and do stuff, but what's actually happening is nothing. It's just, it appears as though you're posting comments and doing things, but in reality, you're not doing anything. And so you don't realize that you've been banned from the site. What? Yeah, it's... Yeah, what the fuck is that? That's a real thing? Yeah, it's a really clever practice, and they they primarily use it to combat, like, advertising bots and things like that. Um, so, So rather than closing the bot and starting a new one, you just never know that the bot's not working, and you just wonder why you're not getting as many clicks. Um, okay, that's actually pretty clever. But there was a guy who had created like a thousand accounts and wound up getting shadow banned for it. And they set it up so that anytime he created an account from his IP in Chrome, it would just auto ban him. And he posted a video on Reddit about it and then complained that the admins never told him that this was happening. And so the admins showed up and they shared a bunch of screenshots where they told him exactly what was happening. And then he responded <laughs> like a dickhole. Um, and this anyway long story short the way that I'm tying this back here is somebody mentioned that this was a really common thing in the League of Legends world specifically with with Riot Games there's one I don't know if he's a community manager or or who he is but I guess there's one guy who works for Riot who's kind of notorious for if someone goes on the forums and is like why'd you guys ban me I never say any bad anything bad he'll go in and pull their chat logs and then post them for everyone to see oh my god and they were able just off the top of their heads they were able to link like four threads of this and they're all just so incredible they're all like every single one of them they're always like I know I have a little bit of an anger issue but I really feel like this band's inappropriate and and so he'll he'll show up and he'll post a chat log and it'll be like, you know, sh- shut up, you I'll kill all of you and f*** handicapped children. And the black president. And there's actually, there's one that is so great where he posts it and they, um, uh, he, he's like, actually, after you brought this up, we reviewed your account further and we've decided that the ban can't be temporary. It's going to be ter- uh, permanent, effective immediately. <laughs> so they actually made it worse. So that's, you know, that's all well and good, but, you know, here's the thing. I've been following, because I have, I, unfortunately, and I feel bad for them, I have friends that play MOBAs. 
Well, um, you know, we all make mistakes. And, and, and they'll link me, yeah, but some make mistakes worse than others. He's been linking me to um, the, the chat logs of one of these, I guess they're, they're in charge of art design or character design or, or programming char- character abilities or something like that um, in League of Legends. And players will complain about certain things, right? They'll complain about certain features and all that kind of stuff. So they'll complain like, I can't readjust my HUD to make it bigger. Um, and the counter to that complaint will be, well, if we cater to your Airbnb, then you would get used to it and we can't do that. But they're literally just asking for like utility. Like, I want to make my HUD bigger. I want to be able to see things. Um, and there's some other one. I forgot what the exact retort was, but players were complaining Colorblind players were complaining that they couldn't see the animations of a new character or a, a revised character they had let out. And this is the complaint, and the you know the people in charge of it were like, well, you guys are basically just whining for nothing. But no, they're colorblind. They literally can't see this character. And their response is, uh, well, um, you guys are just needy little whiny whatever. Have you tried to be less colorblind? <laughs> They're just not hardcore enough to overcome their colorblind disability. <laughs> if you really so love Dota, you would see color. But I mean, you could see why after after hearing that response, you might be inclined to call somebody a horrible name on the internet to take out your anger. Right. I, you know, I think, you know... I actually really, I really feel for Riot Games because I would just, I would hate to have that community to deal with. Like, oh, they really are the worst. Like, I mean, I, I, <laughs> we're not going to make any friends with this podcast. <laughs> I, I tried, you know, I, I, I did play for a little while and it's, um, and this is early on too. This was back before League of Legends had like a serious community and everyone was just getting into it. Kind of like how Rocket League is now only people on Rocket League aren't assholes. Um, and yeah. it's like such a high, yeah, I don't know if it's anything like Evolve. Evolve has a very nice community base, but Evolve is also desperate for players, so they want to be nice to everyone. Um, but League of Legends has like such a high barrier for entry. Like everyone thinks they're the hottest shit ever because they can click a couple of buttons and can put up with like forty-five minute long battles where you're literally just playing a tug of war. I don't understand what's fun about that. You know, I've I've got a bit of a story. I can't I can't say who exactly. But I used to give technical support for a co-branded product with Riot. And the, the people who would call in, they were generally very pleasant. But if they had a problem, you know, you'd open a <laughs> ticket. And then 10 minutes later, they would call back in and ask, is it fixed yet? And they would do that like five or six times a day. Like, is it fixed yet? Do I have my points? When's it going to be fixed? I got to have those points. I mean, the people, the people who play those games are, are definitely... That's, that's the problem, I guess, is that they've made a game that's too good because people just get way oh, too no, fucking yeah, into it. Well, I mean... That's d- what it is. You and I don't, don't see it, but I also... I mean, we could say that about so many uh, popular, incredibly smash hit things. Well, those people are wrong. Um, you know, Objectively wrong. For my game, you guys missed my love of... Um, courtroom visual novels and fighting games oh that's true hmm. that's true hmm so i phoenix right street fighter phoenix <laughs> fighter phoenix, phoenix fighter. fighter no Very okay good. you nailed it no so phoenix right Rise of professor layton phoenix right is representing <laughs> ryu after they found <laughs> chun li dead oh i like that actually that's kind of it's kind of playable can ibuki miyota be his sidekick I don't know you who guys that is. Don't so yes, who that is, but I remember. And every day of the trial, head. one of the street fighters gets murdered. Is that who Master oh. Splinter was before he turned into a rat? Yes. No, that was like that was like the punk girl I was going crazy for last year, before Hatsune Miku came and dethroned her. Oh, yeah, Jared, don't you pay attention? So it was who Shredder was before he yes. became Shredder. Yes. Uh, before he became Shredder, he owned that house where Sonic has to clean. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right, well, this is a good stopping point. <laughs> if you, too, would like to play a game where you're Sonic, but also a house-cleaning woman, I guess write to us. <laughs> Contact <laughs> at enemyslime.com. Tweet, we, we can help. Tweet it at I us. I mean, we can get you help. It's a rough detox, <laughs> but it can be done. 
So we're going to do our best to help you there. So go follow us on Twitter, Facebook. We're at The Enemy Slime on both of those services. Um, I guess I guess I think we can do this. If you're in the Utah vicinity and you know where BYU is, uh, we'll, be, we'll be down there on the 30th. So tomorrow. Uh, so if you... No, that's not tomorrow. Well, it's tomorrow. We're, oh, yeah, I know. Yes, there you go. So I'm, anyway, glad I'm not the one who did it this time. We'll we'll <laughs> we'll be there. Uh, we're talking to a, to a local indie games guild, and you're more than welcome to uh, to join us if if you'd like to, you know, come and say hi or whatever. Come don't say look hi. us in the eye; it upsets us. Yeah, don't look anyone. Don't look anyone in the eye, especially not Doug. Don't lock contact for more than thirty seconds with Doug. All right, and I think with that, we are almost certainly out. We must be out. <laughs> <laughs>